As I read the New Testament, particularly as I read the words of Jesus, I am really mindful and encouraged that Jesus is about equality, that Jesus treats everyone the same, that he actually lifts women, women who were in the day seen as subservient or seen as second class. He actually had a completely different perspective and spoke into a culture that was oppressive to women and he placed value on them, which was, is amazing. We see the Bible through the lens of Jesus and the Twelve, and you know, a lot of the old movies yeah. we've seen and Christian books and yeah. literature and, and even artwork and things in culture have tended to portray Jesus and, and these men. Mm. I think there was lots of women who Jesus had around him as well that were influential that history hasn't really profiled. And I'm really thankful that we're now starting to learn more about these women and understand more about that, which is so encouraging. Hey, welcome back to the Christians in Culture podcast. My name is Rowan, and this is episode 10 about gender equality. And uh, before you guys write into me and say that we're talking about gender equality and it's about time we have some women on this podcast, just rest assured that that irony is not lost on me. And uh, the main reason we have uh, had the guys up until now is because Adam and Jimmy are available to do all the recording and preparation. But uh, next season is going to be very different. Next season is going to be very different. We're going to have lots of uh, women on season two and lots of people from different backgrounds. So today we are continuing on from a previous episode and we're talking about the issue of gender equality. We've been dealing in this series with a lot to do with equality around racial inequality and financial equality and so on. And here we are talking about gender equality today. And so with me, I have the three most senior women voices in our church here at C3 Camden Picton. I have my beautiful wife, Jill. Hi. There she is. Good and to be here. She's good to be. And Jill is uh, lead pastor along with myself. And uh, Jill yep. has about 45 minutes. And then if you notice that her voice has stopped, it's just because she snuck out quietly. snuck out. You snuck right. out. Got to go back home and Things run some errands. Yep. We also run some errands. Yep. We also have uh, pastor. Is that is that a gender equality thing to say? She's got to go home and do the washing. <laughs> <laughs> Not those. Clean the kitchen and things like that. Yeah, that that's we're doing. right. Okay. Sending me home to sweep the floor and <laughs> get my apron on. Oh, <laughs> uh, very good. No, not uh, we also have Pastor Edwina Stonebridge, location pastor at C3 Church Camden. Hello. And Pastor Ivana McNeil, location yeah. pastor at C3 Church Picton. Great to have you with us. So we want to talk today in more depth around the issue of a gender equality. Now, we uh, had both you ladies, location pastors, had a two-week back-to-back mm-hmm. sermon series yeah. that you did as part of our recent series on this issue. And uh, we wanted to take that and expand on it further and send it to a wider audience, as we believe um, here at C3, that that is a very significant issue that a lot of people probably don't know quite enough about. And, uh, and it's good and healthy to be aware of that. So let's, we're going to talk maybe about start with some of the more extreme gender equality issues that are in the world today. And then we'll come back before we end and bring it closer to home in terms of the context of our nation and of the church, the Christian church. But let's look at it from some, some more wider perspectives, major social issues that have happened. So in recent months in the news, we've seen uh, a number of stories that really affect this gender equality issue. For instance, we've seen women from Saudi Arabia and other Arab Muslim nations fleeing from the control of men, particularly from their husbands and fathers. I recall a a recent story of a young Saudi woman who was in the Bangkok International Airport for Mm. quite some time, uh, 
because she was fleeing from, was that Saudi Arabia she was fleeing from? I think it may have been. I, I think so. Yeah. There's also one that's gone to, uh, a lady that's gone to the UK as well. Uh, so this is a significant issue in that culture and in those nations. We've also got obviously the ongoing issue of um, sex trafficking, human mm. trafficking, that is yeah. Predominantly a female issue, but obviously does affect um, boys as well. Yeah. And then we've got the prostitution and the porn industry, which um, are very much uh, a gender inequality issue. Hmm. So some, let, let's look at it from the perspective of a bit of an overview, ladies. Some of some people in our society would claim that the Bible is oppressive of women and it's outdated. Who'd like to have a crack at responding to that as a Christian woman, as you read the scriptures? What does it say to you? Any of you can go, jump in on that one? I think um, as, I, as I read um, the New Testament, particularly as I read um, the words of Jesus, I'm really mindful and encouraged that Jesus is about equality, that Jesus treats everyone the same, um, that he actually, he lifts, um, yeah. he lifts women. Yep. He, women who were in the day, you know, of the day of the Bible, you know, in the Bible um, era, who were um, seen as, as subservient or seen as um, second class, he actually had a completely different perspective and um, he actually, you know, really spoke into a culture that was oppressive to women and he placed value on them, which was, is amazing. Mm. Mm. So when people look at that and, and they say, oh, Jesus had 12 disciples and they were all men or, or whatever, how do, how do you reconcile that with what you've just said there, Jill? What do, you, what do you think the reconciliation between those two points is? I think there was lots of women who Jesus had around him as well. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because we, um, we see the Bible through the lens of Jesus and the 12. And, you know, a lot of the old movies yeah. we've seen and Christian books and... Yeah literature and, and even artwork and things in culture have tended to portray Jesus and, and these men, mm. um, which is true, but there was also a lot of women around him as well that were influential. Great. That we, um, you know, history hasn't really, sh hasn't really profiled very, very well. And I'm really thankful that we're now, um, you know, we're now starting to see some voices starting to you know we're, we're and not, and not and scholarly voices too yeah that's it, yeah. right we're starting to to see more um you learn more about these women and understand more about that which is so encouraging mm. great and I, yeah i think that that's one of the major points you know why society may claim that the bible is oppressive to women because the picture and the example that has been shown i guess throughout history throughout mm. church history and throughout what's been spoken and um, how Christians have lived has lent that way and therefore mm. they haven't picked up necessarily their Bible to read those stories and to encounter Jesus in the scriptures and mm. what God says and who he right. is. So all they've seen yeah. is our example and, you know, we have to say that we haven't done that well in the generations, mm. you know, but yeah, mm. now we're starting to dive in and explore and stretch our thinking and go, is that really how... It, it should look, you know, and challenge some of those traditions, I guess, mm. that have been yeah. around for a long time um, that will help um, communicate, actually, this, we're not oppressive, this is not outdated, this is real mm. and current and so um, applicable and applicable to our lives now in the generation yes. that we're living yeah. in and it's a beautiful thing. Because mm. so. mm. yeah. the Bible is alive, it, it is. says in Hebrews, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. alive Absolutely. and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. So it's always yeah. fresh, it's always relatable, it's always... That's right. So we can do that, we yes. can look at it now mm. and, we can, and we can get 
uh, fresh insight for today. Yeah. It, it's timeless, yeah. um, but it's always fresh. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not outdated. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Do any you want anything thoughts? Yeah, I think to. I think this is not just in relation to gender equality, but with everything that we read the Bible with, mm-hmm. is that we come from it from a 21st century Western, usually, perspective, which yeah. we put that lens on over how we read the Bible and we apply things that would be in this culture and this day to what we're reading that, w- that we should understand around that culture and that day. And I think that a lot of the misunderstanding and misinterpretation of things in the Bible that could be seen as outdated or, um, or oppressive towards women, understanding them in the context of you know, things like the Greco-Roman household codes yes. and, and understanding the Roman Empire and understanding Greek philosophy and, and what was upheld by, you know, other major voices of the day, mm. you actually start to realise and see that it was incredibly revolutionary for women what was happening, mm. even though with our lens looking into it, it looks it might look oppressive or it might look outdated, mm. but it was it was a revolutionary idea of what these writers have put down in the Bible and, and I think that, that the more we can understand about what it looked like in that culture, mm-hmm. the more you start to see the revo- revolutionary nature of Jesus and, yeah. and Paul, yeah. you know, That's lots right. of people yeah. um, badmouth Paul, I guess, of saying that he's, yeah. you know, misogynist and was mm. against women. But when you understand the context of a lot of the things mm. he was writing, mm. yeah. you start to see that was exactly the opposite to that and that he was a he was an advocate for women that's he was right. and, and that Jesus was an advocate for women yeah. and mm. in that culture so I think that that's really important and like mm. I said it's not just related to gender equality it's related to a lot of different issues, of issues that we've equality. been covering yes. over these podcasts right. but yeah um that I think that that's that's really important to so take maybe into take consideration that, so we'll probably have some listeners who maybe haven't heard what you just said there you know they haven't ever thought about having to filter things through a first century mindset and you mentioned mm. the Greco-Roman household maybe just in 30 seconds or so you could unpack for our listeners what that looked like and therefore how we can overlay the scriptures mm. onto that because we as you said we're coming from a 21st century mindset and forgetting that a lot of those a lot of the values that we take for granted actually have come out of the Christian worldview um, but yeah. now we look at those and we want to impose those upon a first century mindset when the first century cultural mindset was even further behind that so Describe for our listeners what the what the mind what the mindset what the Greco Roman household looked like. If you we like. learned, I remember being really encouraged learning a bit about this last year when we did the Jesus the Game Changer series in church yeah. um, by Carl Fays. Yeah, and he um, interviewed. He was went all over the world, interviewed people from you know um, all different backgrounds, yep. all different places. Um, for, um, you know. Theologians, well, yeah, and, theologians, historians, um, scholars, scholars, and historians, yeah. and all sorts of people mm. from all sorts of places, and that was amazing to me to learn because I think I, I didn't really understand that to learn more about the Greco-Roman mm. culture and to learn that you know Jesus really was a game changer. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go mm. Edwina, tell us. Well, I think like understanding the particularly those Greco-Roman household codes as they were called. You know, so Aristotle, who was a big uh, you know the Greek philosophy voice into the day. They were almost mandated. I think they were even part of the Pax Romana, which was the you know upholding of Roman Empire. Yes, it was the the household codes were seen as the pillar of what kept their society mm. together. So, it wasn't a Christian ideal. It was a it was a Greek philosophy ideal, if you like. And in that, you know, the man was seen as the head of the household. Women were seen as women and children were seen as property. Mm. They didn't have a voice. They um, 
you know, we're not permitted to learn. They, um, you know, their, their place was in the home. The man's place was in, mm. you know, in office or in, you know, in, out in the, the marketplace. Mm. Uh, and it was seen that if those codes were upheld, then society would continue to function well. Yeah. Mm. Right. So it was seen as the, um, the, the very glue that was holding society mm. together. Mm. So that was the environment that these that Jesus was speaking into and the early Christians were having to say, how do we function within this ideal that the Roman Empire is putting out? How do we function in that by putting forward a a different way of doing things, Mm. whether that be in their marriages or with women or in in relation to their children, but without being squashed by the Roman Empire? Mm. Because Mm. if they'd gone too rebellious or too out there, it just would have been... They would have all been thrown in jail and not have a voice. And so they had to kind of navigate this really tricky space Mm. between um, their compliance, Christian ideals, but they're also their compliance with the Roman Empire and and the the non-Christian, the the secular ideals, if Mm. you like, of what was happening at the time. And so that's the context Mm. that a lot of these things are being written into. Um, and a lot of the stuff, particularly with Paul, that's what he's wrestling with Absolutely. in a lot of the things that he's saying is how do you fill this space? How do we turn this idea on yeah. its head without um, people being prevented from hearing the, the gospel message without, um, because if they'd gone too far out yes, there, too radical. the gospel message would have just been yeah. shut down. So yeah. how do we maintain a voice? What's okay to still... Um, kind of fall in line with as far as Roman culture goes but how do we do it in a different way mm-hmm. yeah. that we start to bit by bit change the culture yeah. or mm. put a different option on the table of how this could look like yeah that's mm. a fantastic explanation and that is um that's a great example of what we've been talking about in this podcast series about how can Christians shift a cultural worldview from the inside without uh, mm. you know raising raising protest movements and so on and uh, and that's a good example of how how the christian church and how how paul urged and peter urged christian families to operate was revolutionary mm-hmm. but it was done inside the church and, and that became a draw card that people outside oppressed women outside would be drawn to that and they'd say i'm treated your women are treated differently to our women mm. yeah. even simple comments like Mutual submission, submit to one another, Ephesians mm. 4. We just take that for, for yeah. granted. That was a revolutionary comment yeah. when yeah. we put it back into its first century mindset. So I want to encourage listeners not to just come at come at the Bible with a 21st century mindset. Mm. At least be aware that most of our 21st century ideals have sh- been shaped, by, especially mm. in the Western world, have been yeah. shaped by Christian uh, Christian method- methodology anyway. Uh, and be aware of that and then put it back into its mm. context and you'll see that exactly what we're saying. The scriptures are full of, of examples yeah. where Jesus elevated women and uh, and brought about equality. Well, the next question we had was what do the scriptures say about equality? But we kind of probably already touched on that unless you've got any, mm. you ladies got any specific thoughts or scriptures that come to mind that you want to add to that? No, I just see, I mean, it's important to look back to like the Genesis accounts, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Ivana did a really good job of this in your mm. sermon. She did. <laughs> Actually, of just yeah. pointing back to that, just understanding what God's original intent was for yeah. male and female together mm. as a representation of the image of God, um, mm. I think is, is a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. We're yeah. Not, not to start necessarily in, in the stuff that's influenced start with by the problem. culture. <laughs> that's yeah. right. But to go back and say, well, what's the... What's the ideal? What, what was God's ideal in that? Yeah. And that as the church, we're called to bring that 
hope to the world yeah. and bring that. To That's right. Yeah. I think I'm definitely on a learning curve with this. I feel like I've got, you know, it's just early days. I've got a lot to learn and there's a lot that I'm grappling with in understanding scripture and, and refiltering it through, uh, you know, through different, w- removing mm. the, my previous bias. Deconstructing your biases. Yeah. And um, seeing it through, you know, through a fresh perspective. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm learning and yeah. there's lots to learn yeah. and there's just so much that I want to understand more. Um, and I love that there is resource around and, you know, there are scholars who are doing work in this area and mm-hmm. uh, I was really impacted by a lady called, a, uh, a scholar called Marg Moscow that I met earlier this year and um, she has a website and... Um, How do you spell Moscow? As in Moscow? For people who want yeah. to check the website, not I'll sure. Have a look, I'll check it. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's she's an Australian woman. She does amazing work in this area, and she's actually been asked to um, be a contributor to some, you know, uh, like um, to uh, to a new. Now I'm trying to think what it is, a new edition of a the, um, theological, quite well-known resource uh, context. I think. Uh, sorry, um, a book book theological stuff it's, it's <laughs> she's contributing to theological it's stuff it's about paul anyway it's about it's commentary paul. on paul it's commentary Great. on paul okay and um by intervarsity press in america okay and so she's been asked to contribute mm. to that and um so yeah just learning just reading her stuff and others and other people uh has really helped me grapple through these scriptures because yeah. on face value you think oh no that that doesn't sound mm. that does sound challenging mm. So it's really on further reflection and understanding, um, you know, studying and understanding who, who the scripture was speaking to, what mm. some of those things really mean, I think, makes all the difference. Absolutely. And it's, it's, um, it's not something you can just grab a, grab a verse out and, and um, say, you know, a woman sh- must be silent and then think, <laughs> okay, it's like saying... That never happens, of course. No one ever takes that scripture completely out of context no. and builds doctrine around it. That, no, that never. That, that never happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that one. <laughs> It's like there's so many. You could, you could find a, a one-line scripture in the Bible for anything that you want Absolutely. to back your perspective, and, yes. and um, you know we don't we don't do that because that's not the right way to interpret. It's scripture. not the way to interpret scripture. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, but I think, like you know, what does the Bible say about gender equality? It has a lot to say about it. But I agree. Like as we did research, you know, for that time that um, we were going to be speaking on it, diving back into the original design was the best thing because. Mm from that place we could then see the breakdown and what happened over the generations and over the time and as different laws were added and Mm. um ways of doing things and then even the breakdown of that 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 wasn't even truly lived out yes you know and um there's always this ideal that we're striving to get back to yeah what was lost that's right and and remembering that there is something warring against that no Mm. you know there is an enemy and he doesn't want us back in that original design of male and female walking side by side accomplishing the greatest call that god's given to all of humanity yes that we can't do it alone it's not about women doing this alone or men doing it alone but together and championing each other so i think yeah scriptures definitely has a lot to say Mm. about it and a lot of good things to say about it absolutely yeah yeah i definitely encourage you guys who are listening to do some research into this stuff because yeah. don't just take what you hear for granted as you've heard us say plenty of times on this series so far don't just listen to the loudest voice do your own research formulate an, an educated opinion and also encourage you to 
shameless plug for our church podcast, jump on to C3 Church Camden and C3 Church Picton. In uh, what month was it? October would have been? October, early November, something like that. The two-part series from each of these ladies on this topic is definitely worth listening to. It's a great starting point. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about some of the... Did you add, want oh, to add you something, Jill? just Jill? to add? So it's Marg, um, M-O-W-C-Z-K-O.com. Great. I'm glad I didn't just leave it with Moscow. <laughs> yeah, Marg, but you do pronounce it Moscow. Moscow, okay. And it's, say it again for our listeners. M-A-R-G-M-O-W-C-Z-K-O.com. Yeah, I've had a bit of a look at that at your recommendation. This She's is got great. lots of stuff. Great. She's a real scholar. Like I've just opened up this link here and it says, Is Junior well known to the apostles? That's ah, one of our articles. Yes, Sorry. Romans 16. Here yeah, we go again. Together, <laughs> Paul's female co-workers. Yes. Awesome. Great place to start, guys. Do you guys have any other scholar recommendations or anything you've read that you want to mention that's been helpful? Oh, so many. Yeah. So many. Um, I think just to to start looking for things. Like, I think that would be... Um, yeah, and and also things. I mean, I think that we've you guys have said it a couple of times in this series, but not just stuff that you're looking for that backs up your opinion either. Yeah, yeah. to to That's look right. at what you know, if, if you're looking from your side, what somebody who would disagree with w- would say on the other side, so that you've got a good understanding of the entire issue. And um, because I think with when it comes to this issue too, I think a lot of I think we both mentioned it in our sermons too. People are trying to come from a genuine place Mm. of trying to do what God's calling them to do and so often our misunderstandings or our differences they're just coming from a place of trying to do our best and Mm. so I think having that lens and and you know I think we both Mm. read things that made us want to throw things across the room and (laughs) and all sorts of stuff but but I think that's good for us it's good for us to to engage with things we don't disagree we disagree with and that also that um, agree with yeah. maybe where we're Helps standing. Helps you to formulate the why as well. Exactly. So you're not yeah. just disagreeing because it doesn't feel wrong. Mm. It feels wrong. Go, okay, well, theologically, why is this yeah. wrong? Why do I disagree with this thing? Why do I want to throw yeah. this book across the room? Why do I want to throw this book across the room? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And having conversations, asking questions in the conversation. Like you might see someone by the way that they're speaking or their dynamic of their household you know, leaning a certain way, well, ask gentle questions and, mm. and be open to listen and not just straight away say, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's definitely. Wrong. Understand, okay, well, what's their background? What's their family of origin? What's influences that have come? And mm. maybe what's their understanding of scripture? You know, like um, not intrusive, but just because you want to, you're, you're so curious. Yep. So, so be curious and, and ask. For those that don't know, that is the pastoral heart of Pastor Ravana McNeil coming out there. She's just left the theology behind and it's always about people. Well done, Ravana. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great thought. Yeah. Well, let's take a big view for a moment in terms of we talked about some of the significant abuses. We just literally just touched on them. Mm. Um, but what, what stance do you think Christians should take towards these significant abuses of women that we see in the news that we maybe are aware of? Even in our, in our world, in pastoral world, you know, we see women who... Uh, suffering through various kinds of abuse what do you what stance should we take and what can we do about it well i guess um just looking into i guess the different forms of abuses of women something that uh, i guess continues to surprise me is that they're on an ever increasing 
um, level. Like they just keep increasing, increasing. And we can't, I think as a Christian woman, I can't just close my heart to that. I've got to feel uncomfortable about that, let myself feel uncomfortable and um, even cry over that and think how can this still be happening in today's day and age of education and awareness, what we say is awareness and but yet still, you know, the abuses of um, sex trafficking and prostitution and um, slave trade and um, forced marriages, you know, how can this be increasing, mm. you know? Um, so I would say one of the things that we can do is feel it and let it impact our world. Let it make us uncomfortable. Yeah. And, um, mm. yeah. And it's not distant from us. That's the other thing. Um, we can sort of yeah. feel like it's, oh, that's on the other side of the world. No. But actually it's in our own neighbourhoods, in our mm. own churches, mm. in our own families even. Yeah. So mm. um, feel it. Uh, let it break your heart. It breaks the heart of God. So yes. mm. let it break our heart. Mm. And then pray, you know, mm. ask, what's the, what's the thing I can do? And yeah. do whatever's in your hand, whatever that might right. be. Mm. Yeah. Good thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I think to um, seeing it that it's not just a woman's issue, mm-hmm. um, mm. that it's a humanity issue. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah. So this is something that I think that um, should move both men and women. Yeah. Um, you know. So and I think yes, being educated about it, um, but as Ivana said, you know, the increase of education doesn't mean the decrease of abuses no, happening. No, and and right. I think that as Christians, we get an insight into what's behind that you know we see that this is the mm. the broken heart of humanity mm. um you know particularly you know think of things closer to home that you know we see on the news a lot lately just you know women who have died in domestic violence situations yeah. and yes. the number is increasing yeah. yes. it's not decreasing and yeah. um, acts of domestic violence are becoming <coughs> more brazen and more mm. um that's right yeah more violent against mm. women and children and um, that's not just a women's issue, that's no. a humanity issue. Yeah. And mm. so I think that it's something that um, all of us, um, as Ivana said, just yeah. to, to take notice of it. It's very easy when we're constantly being fed bad, bad news from all sorts yeah. of different areas for that to us to become a little bit... Um, uh, d- d- we just don't let it in. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and so I think that giving space to letting that in and thinking about it and kind mm-hmm. of saying, what, God, what do you want us to do mm. about it? And, yes. I, and I think, um, what do you want me to pay attention to? And, mm. and can I do something? Can yeah. I yeah. just be more educated? Can I have a voice into that? Can I speak up for, mm. for women in, in my area? Do I, can I support this organisation? Can I, there's so many different things. Yeah. Um, but just being led by the Holy Spirit in that and yeah. but allowing yourself to be led by the Holy yeah. Spirit, you have to be open to those things and asking the questions. Yeah. 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 That's right. We've been talking starting to talk a lot about recognizing more and more that as Christians our role in the world is to bring heaven to earth and yeah. to fight the injustices and to restore order. God's original intention was that heaven and earth would be merged and mm. uh, and I think sometimes Christians we think that it's all about escaping this fallen world rather than recognizing that no our actual mandate is to make earth like heaven. Mm. And uh, and these sorts of injustices are areas where we can do that and for every person there will be something on our heart that God will will motivate us t- right. towards. And mm. uh, as you said both of you said that spoke just then it's it's a humanity issue it's yeah. something that affects men and women Absolutely. Uh, something that men and women 
need to fight for it. We've seen mm. in the last few years the rise of the Me Too movement. I thought it'd be, I know it was not in our notes, but I thought it'd be good to just throw that around. I've even heard people say, oh, look, the Me Too movement, even women who say the Me, women ministers who say the Me Too movement is overkill and it's it's not helping matter. What would you ladies say about something like that? The fact that society is recognising uh, this this issue of uh, of abuse and, uh, and, and, you know, is mistreatment of mm. women. What would you have to say about that in the Me Too movement? I think we need to. Uh, I think it's. I think it's given women a voice, mm. and uh, it's it's changed the focus to hearing mm. um, from people who've been who've suffered abuse, yep. and um, given them an opportunity to to have a voice and to. Um, know that they're not alone. Mm. So I think for those reasons, I think it's good. It's a good thing. Um, I think that it's... I think these things need to be... These changes need to be really firmly embedded in our culture mm-hmm. in, in, mul- in multiple levels. So on the question you just had before, you know, um, I think it's how, how can we... How are we going to make changes in this area? I think... You know, one of the things is with with Me Too and with those kind of things is it's it's hearing from people, and it's not just there's no easy answer, there's no simple response, but it's it's looking at how you know on a multifaceted perspective and in, in how can we embed change in our culture, mm. and um, yeah, it's a big it's a big topic. It's I huge think topic. on lots of levels mm. of society that needs to be looked at mm. um, from the highest levels of the policy making uh, powers in in government to in to us and our neighbours across the street. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think, but I think definitely listening to people, Great listening thought. to um, victims of abuse, hearing their stories, and um, and giving them an opportunity to have a voice is mm. is good. Mm. Mm. You were going to add something here, Edwina, too. That was a great thought. Oh, I just think you know we we want to create spaces where safe spaces where people can have a voice and people can be vulnerable and people can share their experiences and um and experience the love of god in that mm. and and i think that our churches should be a place where that you know that, yeah. that creates that space and um and just in relation to what you said before about you know our mandate of partnering with jesus to bring heaven to earth i think it's something we all need to wrestle with because just as the early Christians were asked to model this different way of doing things, mm. so are we yes. in, in this society. So yes. it, it's kind of a, there's an outward response of things we can speak into and rally for or, you know, be able to yeah. help in change in our society. But there's also the modelling of what we can do in mm. our own lives mm. and in our own yeah. relationships, in our own families, in our own churches yes. of how do we bring this back to the ideal of what god wants for us and Mm. so it's creating those safe spaces but and also modeling um an alternative because Mm. i think that a lot of the hurt that's come out through things like me too movement Mm. through like we're hearing so many so much hurt so much Mm. brokenness Mm. and Mm. the world's looking for a a place to go with that as well um and i think that it's part of who we are as Right. ambassadors of Christ to provide mm. those places for people to come and to mm. to feel safe in that and loved and um, a place that provides healing and mm. um, yeah that's us part of our mandate mm. as, as a church let's take that a bit further allow me to play devil's advocate for a moment I've 
seen comments from Christians as well who would say that, uh, you know, things like that, the problem with, with things like Me Too and, and so on is that it creates an avenue for people who aren't abused to, haven't been abused, to magnify or get their moment in the spotlight or get their payout or whatever it might be. And I just, you know, precursor, I totally disagree with that. But I want to hear mm. from you ladies as to, as to what would you say to people who maybe have thought that argument, you know, that there's, there's, there's some women out there who may use this to their own personal gain even though they weren't abused. How, how should Christians keep that in mind as they address an issue like this and create that safe place that, that uh, Duina was just referring to? Well, my first initial thought to that is it may be true, but I would say that that would be a minority. Mm. I think the majority of those that have stepped forward and um, put a voice to their pain, it's, it's true. Yeah. And um, so I wouldn't throw it out just because a minority would choose Great. to do That's right. and use it to their own advantage and, and hurt others. Um, we have to believe people. Absolutely, don't we? we can't say, "Well, I, no. don't, I don't know if I believe you." We have to choose to believe people. That's right. Who come forward? That's victims. right. Yeah, we have to choose to believe them. And yeah, you're right. There could be mm. a chance that they're not telling the truth. Mm. But if we, if they think they're not going to be believed, they're never going to come forward in the first place. So That's we have right. to let them know that it's mm. safe and mm. that we do believe we will believe them. Mm. And this has silenced a lot of people over the years yes. that mm. have been so scared to step out because. They thought, what if I do and what if I'm not believed? And then the the heartache that comes with that is too immense to sit there and even contemplate, you know, so that they dare not. Um, But I I do agree. I think it was just, you know, the minority may use it to their advantage, but I think the majority are Mm. are true. And, um, And again, it just causes us to feel uncomfortable and to look at the brokenness of humanity again and go, actually, we're not picture perfect. Yes. You know, like on all the social streams and things that we like to see. Um, Yeah, every now and then something like this comes on and you go, oh, that's right. We are broken. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Mm -hmm. we don't have the filter to filter that out and just pretend it doesn't, didn't happen and isn't there. Perhaps some of that's come from what was a a good mindset in in the judicial system, which is in the Western judicial system, which is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, But... What I guess what people are recognising now is, especially in this area of abuse, that the concept of innocent until proven guilty has meant that people assume that people, everyone is completely innocent and, mm. and it's made it hard for victims to speak up for fear of, of mm. retribution or fear of being misunderstood or, or not believed. And so mm. we, have, we have to bring some kind of balance, I guess, mm. uh, back to that as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I'd encourage Christians, in fact... A thought on this, this this applies to a lot of different areas of equality we've talked about in this podcast. In fact, even as we're recording this, I posted something on our Christians in Culture Facebook page this morning uh, about, once again, we've talked about this, the, the Uyghur Muslims being persecuted in, in the Xinjiang province of China. And uh, and the philosophy behind a lot of this this persecution and internment is actually the same as, as the issue with the Israel-Palestinian wall. It's the same as this gender issue. And that is, if there's a few people who are going to, uh, abuse the system so we might have a minority of minority group that are going to launch a terrorist attack or we you know there's a there's been a few people who've made a bad name for everybody therefore it justifies those who are privileged those who are in the majority worldview to somehow ostracize the minorities and and i think as christians i see this in social media feeds all the time on all these issues mm. uh and, and it affects it affects immigration 
therefore mm. fear of terrorists so we're going to block mm. everybody coming in and I, I want to encourage us just to come back to what would Jesus do mm. and, and it's very clear I think that Jesus elevated women he elevated the minorities he elevated the persecuted mm-hmm. he didn't uh, he didn't ostracize himself the mm-hmm. movement was not known for that and this is such an important issue in this area of, of women especially mm. so let's go a little bit closer to home uh, there's a lot of unequal talk a lot of talk about unequal representation of women in society especially in our nation in politics uh, i've read articles of you know balance in business in sport etc what do you ladies feel about that issue is it an important issue for christians and, and if so what should we do about it mm. yes i think it is an important <laughs> issue um again i think that it um it's an important issue because it, it's something that, do, again, it's not just a woman's issue, it's it's a humanity issue. And yeah. I think that, um, you know, God designed both men and women to be a voice of representation of himself. Um, and I think that to not have um, an opportunity for an equal voice into all areas and spheres of life, whether it be business, politics, sport, um, whatever it is, church, uh, is to hinder and restrain part of what God's trying to say Um, so I think that it is important again to bring kind of coming back to this ideal of you know Genesis Mm -hmm. story is to um, both provide the space but also the opportunity I think that's the big thing that often I think people can kind of say well you know, there might be a token woman on the board or, mm. a, you know, is it is it mm. token that the female, you know, soccer players are getting paid the same as the men? And, you know, I've seen a lot of that conversation in the last couple of weeks with the, the Australian soccer Australian team. Australian soccer team. Yeah, Australian and good on the guys team. for yep. agreeing to that. I think that's amazing. Good on you for that. Um, but I, you know, I think that it, it comes down, we've, we've talked about this in our in our sermons actually about the, the idea of privilege and, and mm. opportunity and, um, you know, that it, I think sometimes the voice is, well, you know, if there's a woman there and she's worked hard, of course she should get the position, but we've also got to look at the opportunity of the mm. pathways that yes. get women into those places where they can mm. they can have those opportunities. And so some people will say, oh, well, I don't care whether it's a man or a woman, I just want the best person for the job. Yeah, what would exactly. you say? Elaborate a bit more on that issue. Yes, yes, that's, that's true. But also understanding... Um, the whole concept of privilege and yep. has the pathway that has led the best person to the job yes. <laughs> been equal for both men and women and I think mm-hmm. that that's often the obstacle that we face in our society is that um, we see it in mm. statistics to know that women have to fight harder to get yep. there yep. Um, and women face more obstacles to get to those positions mm. where they could be considered to be the best person for the job yep. um, and that that's something we probably need to look at in all spheres of our life. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a mic drop moment, guys. I reckon uh, it's worth just sitting on that one because mm. people who've said that, and I've said that in the past, have yeah. realised that that's... Uh, I, I thought genuinely thought, I don't really care, but, but I've realised that issue of privilege has tainted my perspective on that. And so I want to encourage you to... Encourage you as best I can to stop saying that. And stop, I think, stop I think that in, and that, in that bias that we have had as a default, I know I've... I've, re- I've responded to that myself or, and I've seen other women respond to that and think, oh, I won't put myself forward because uh, I, I know that the conversation will be, oh, she might, she's got kids and mm. she might want to take time off because of the kids or mm. she, what if she wants to have another baby or mm. etc. These kind of things, which just doesn't come into the equation when it's a male. So I've automatically 
kind of opted out of things myself so throughout my life and thought I'm not even going to put myself forward because mm. I, I know there'll be a bias against me and I won't mm. even and I don't want to be rejected so I won't even try. Mm. I think that's come up in some of the there's a lady called Katie Cole who's talked a lot about that yes. about she talks about the glass ceiling that we all talk about, you yes. know, getting through the glass ceiling. But for women, there's also a sticky floor mm. that we keep ourselves down yeah. because yes. of some of these biases that um, we come across. It's, sometimes it's just hard work. It's too, mm. it's the pathway is so much harder for mm. women to navigate and to go on than yeah. sometimes it is for mm. men. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so there is that sense of not only is that there an external pressure yeah. in that, but there's that's also right. an internal thing that we can carry around yeah, not right. putting ourselves yeah. forward of keeping ourselves in, you know, in positions that are, you know, we keep ourselves down in that. Mm. Um, and yeah. it's something, a bit of a mindset thing that we, we need to challenge in mm. ourselves as yeah. well. Yeah. Or even... Um, pushing us to burnout you know like we we try so hard to overcome those obstacles within ourselves you know we might go mm. okay I am going to try to step forward in this but I'm also going to try to carry every other responsibility That's I right. have and yeah. push 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 you know and mm. and then all of a sudden you just collapse and you think oh my gosh maybe I wasn't the right person but mm. uh, I haven't even thought about it sometimes and thought oh hang on a minute mm. stop and think about all of the things that you're doing um, even though you're wanting to do, whether it's ministry life well or mothering or being a wife or being a daughter, whatever it is, whatever your call is out in the marketplace. Um, but don't forget all those other areas that yeah. we do have. Right. And We've got to um, take right. stock and assess yeah. our lives yeah. and say, is this, is this yeah. fair and reasonable and what, yeah. or is this, a default, is this default thinking that yeah. I'm picking up all of this because I think I have to for some reason. Yeah, that's right. Am I not enough yeah. mm. in, in what I'm doing, whatever that wow. is, you know. And, and an um, assumption that we have to do certain roles because we're, yeah. we're women so that we that's don't right. even think about having a conversation with someone else who might be happy to <laughs> share that role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wash baskets, you know, can be lifted by either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great thoughts. Yeah, true. Let's bring it a little bit closer to home. We talk about, you know, in general politics and, mm -hmm. you know, the media and you've got the workplace. Also, this is an issue in church life. There's a lot of talk uh, about unequal representation in the church as well. Mm. And there are strong advocates on both sides of what we would regard as, well, a lot of people regard it as a theological debate. Um, there was a recent, a recent event by uh, Pastor John MacArthur. He was speaking at a conference and mm. they were doing one of those silly little tag team question things and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. say a couple of words and what's the first thing that pops into your mind? And, uh, and they mentioned, I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast as well, yeah. that uh, that uh, the words Beth Moore was spoken about and he, he said, go home and, uh, and proceeded to proceeded to unpack in significant detail while he why he believed that women don't have a place in the pulpit mm -hmm. and uh, and i think jimmy mentioned that one of the worst things might have been adam one of the guys mentioned that one of the worst things about that was that the fact that the people sitting in the audience men and women laughed mm -hmm. uh, quite derisive, derisively about that and there's been a lot of talk uh, about that issue mm -hmm. and so this is this is a hot topic and maybe some of our listeners don't understand this concept uh, depending on what your church background is that you're coming from if you've come from a background where women are involved in leadership and the ministry you might think what, what are they talking about and if you've come out of some of the more traditional backgrounds mm. you might think 
you might come from a perspective where you've only ever known men in the pulpit. You've only ever known men as elders of churches and so on. So let's start by unpacking this issue. To find, with the terms we use are complementarianism and egalitarianism. And I just saw that Pastor Ivana wants to let Pastor Edwina answer that question. First uh, of all, I say go Beth Moore. Go yes. Beth Moore. <laughs> we love Beth. We love her. And um, it's really yeah. sad that, that all of that happened. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and her response was actually quite gracious, mm. all things Very considered. Mm. She, yeah. she may have thrown the phone across the room in private, but oh, in sure public she, she, was, uh, <laughs> she was a lot more uh, gracious mm. compared to the nonsense that came her way from John yeah. MacArthur. So let's talk about complementarianism and egalitarianism. Can you define those for us, Pastor Edwina? <laughs> okay. Um, firstly, I don't think it's as simple as one or the other. Mm. Um, and maybe I've got a... a bit of a cheat sheet in front of me um, which again I've referenced Katie Cole before but that she um, has put out and so maybe that's something we can put up in yep, the show we'll notes as well. The, pop it on the post. Um, but I think that it's when you're looking at complementarian versus egalitarian it's a bit of a spectrum so I just wanted to say that firstly um, there can be it's not a black or white I believe this or I don't believe this sometimes it can be a mixed belief um, anyway so egalitarianism I think is uh, a way of seeing that both men and women are equal in the in the home in the workplace and in ministry that's basically in a nutshell yep. whereas complementarianism would say that there is more of a, a hierarchy there's different roles that men and women play which are usually the men being in positions of leadership within the home the workplace and in ministry so that's probably the black and white side of it. But like I said, there's a spectrum all the way mm. in between of people's beliefs of how that actually plays out. Some may say, okay, yes, women have an egalitarian position of women in the church and say, yes, they should be able to preach and lead, but in the home, the man still yeah. kind of wears the pants, you know? Like, yeah. That's yeah. The, what, we, what that's people might say. That's actually quite common. That's, Even among Pentecostals who would regard themselves as egalitarian. Definitely. Like. So that would be considered a mix of hmm. yes. egalitarian and complementarian hmm. um, theology, if you like. Um, at the other extreme, there's um, what would be considered um, kind of extreme feminism or from a matriarchal position of saying that they uphold egalitarian theology but actually it probably says that women should be in charge and that women right. should always have the upper hand and that women should be the ones making the decision. And there and are some societies in the world that are matriarchal. Yes, definitely yes. matriarchal yes. and so it, it can go from one extreme to the other and I think that in practice the majority of us probably have or have come across in our life a bit of a mixture of both of those, right. um, particularly if you've been around the church for any length of time. Great. Let's bring it a bit closer to home. I want to talk about it from our perspective, C3 Church, and, and uh, it may be hard to define and we would be, hmm. be careful not to define it on behalf of the whole church, so to speak, or our whole movement. In fact, uh, I know that Pastor Duena said to me it was, it was a bit challenging to find exactly what mm. we believe about this, and, and I would have to say, looking at different views I've seen from across our movement, probably there's differences in, in perspective. Some would be egalitarian in the pulpit and complementarian at home. Others would be complementarian everywhere. So, so we don't want to speak on behalf of our movement, but maybe we can speak on behalf of what we play out in our church here. What, what do we believe as part of uh, C3 Church? And not saying that other churches have to agree with us on this. This is just how we would play this out in our context here. What, what do we believe? about this issue where do we sit on this spectrum of complementarian egalitarian do you want me to answer that one too yeah they're both looking <laughs> to you um i just wanted to kind of read out something that i had in my sermon that um 
It actually got bits and pieces from different sources, but I think that it really summed up what uh, my experience has been like um, in, in our churches. Mm. Um, but that, it's a, that men and women are equal in terms of substance and value, in terms of privilege and responsibility, and in terms of function and, thor- and authority in all areas of life, ministry and marriage. Mm. So that there is this equality substance value privilege Mm. responsibility function and authority in all spheres of our life Mm. Mm -hmm. that would be how i sum it up yeah (laughs) it's really good Mm. how is that different to maybe some of what you've experienced in in church life um again i think that uh there may be uh things that are broken down a little bit in that so i think that most people would say that men and women are equal in substance and value. So the image of God and um, that that God loves both, that God looks upon both um, as creation, you know, as his creation and, and as equal value. But that in the functionality of that and in authority mm. and responsibility, that that may play out quite differently. And that some, um, I guess in my experience, probably still coming across a stronger view towards men holding positions mm. of authority in uh, in churches and in speaking roles mm-hmm. um, and particularly in the home and in, in marriage mm. and in family life. I think that um, not so much in my experience, I think mm. that Paul and I have quite a egalitarian marriage if you want to um, describe it like that. But I think that that's something that we've often wrestled out with some of our friends mm. and, and looking mm. at the ways that they have their relationships mm. and their families and the way things work. Um, yeah, so I think it, it plays out on different levels. I think if you start to pull those things apart, mm. that, as I said, sometimes I think there's a mix of egalitarian and complementarian theology in those things. And mm. sometimes we've just bought into what we've been taught exactly. as well. Yep. You got ladies want to add anything to those thoughts from Edwina there? Just in, um, I mean, in the recent series that we've just done called One, I think uh, it's been really great to, to profile and, and with this podcast series to profile all of these, these areas and um, really it's what comes to my mind is the Galatians 3.28 scripture mm. Mm. Um, that we've talked about in, in the one series that we did at church which says there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So I would say that that sits over our church yes. that we want to have mutual respect yeah. mm. for all people mm. yeah that would be my thought great thought mm. yeah mm. yeah that's right and i even think yes this equality about male and female but even as a church that we also value young voices and mature mm. voices mm. Um, that's right ones that we would say have had a seasoned life and ones that are just launching out yeah. starting new and yeah. afresh and and i love that mm. like um, just thinking back over the years in, in church life and, and I've experienced, I guess, the extremes on both spectrums there and, and either um, put towards me or I've just seen examples of it. Mm. And it, um, and I love the fact that we are a part of a church, churches that are, you know, living or trying to live out that mm. Galatians passage yeah. as best we can. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. love that. Fumbling through it at times. Yeah. Working it out as we go a lot, yeah. Let's, let's, before we move on to our final couple of questions, let's park this issue, to, let's not park, let's, let's mm. park on this issue for a moment, uh, which we've touched on. In the f- 
many of us who are listening will have been taught in church the issue of complementarianism in the home, mm. even if we're okay with it in the church. So, for instance, pre-marriage courses will say when it comes to the home, the man is in charge of the home and the woman is to submit to the man, as often in wedding vows, although mm. I've removed that from wedding vows these days, unless I mention mutual submission. Uh, but that's that context is, is quite common, even um, I imagine even among some of the, the pastors and leaders who may be listening mm. to us mm. let's let's look at that one for a moment what's wrong with that argument what's wrong with the concept of uh that in the home there must be this order of male over female uh i there's kind of two things that come to mind one is that i don't think that it necessarily reflects the ideal of what god had initially and that probably we don't have time to unpack all of that mm. around the genesis account so i don't yeah. think it it reflects that i think it it reflects the curse more than yes. the kingdom i said yes. that in my yes. um, yeah. sermon yeah. but i also think that um and i heard it so beautifully described in a podcast that i listened to just the other day that if we're having conversations and and wrestling with trying to work out who's the boss we're asking the wrong questions and we're thinking the wrong way. So if we're trying to say, you know, I've heard things that say, but but when it comes down to disagreements, like who gets to make the final decision? If we're we're wrestling for authority, if we're wrestling for being able to Mm. have a position where we can put our foot down and be Mm. the boss of a situation, then we've kind of completely missed the point of Jesus. Yeah, (laughs) because he's the boss and how does he live it out? Well, and even just him modelling... you know, like him modeling leadership and yes. you know he was a servant yeah. leader he was a sacrificial leader he was somebody who laid down his that's life right. and his preferences yeah, and his that's right. um agenda and everything for the sake of others and so i think being in a marriage or in a household where um hierarchy is mm. is valued or well, not that's probably the wrong word but is enforced in that way is not really reflective of the the leadership or mutual submission or whatever you want to use the words you wanted to describe if we're talking about who's the boss who gets to make the decisions we, we've missed the point completely yeah, i agree mm. yeah i think we we used to always say that um you know if a woman b- before our more, more recent revelations we used to say well you know if a woman is respecting her husband mm then that's the easy part because he has to love her like Christ loves the church. And so that's yeah. the big job. Yeah. And so she just has to respect. And if he's loving her, then it won't then be hard. Then respect is easy. Yeah, that's right. That's you what know, we used to say. That's what we used to say. And <laughs> yeah. it, unfortunately, it doesn't work that. <laughs> it doesn't, um, it doesn't roll out that easily in li- real life yeah. because, um, you know, it's one, it's mm. both, both mm. men and women need love and respect. Yes. It's yeah. not just that women need love That's right. and that men need respect. We, no. we both need mm. yeah, we those both. things. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, and there's a lot yeah. more to, you know, obviously um, mm. in behind that scripture as well that we, yeah. oh, we yes. wouldn't go into, we won't go no. into now, but, yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that we've, we've moved on from thinking, because I think that, that what, we, what we've seen then is that a woman feels... I just always have to just respect and yep. I just always have to submit, which we, mm. w- what we've seen is that has given, uh, unfortunately, grounds, um, and grounds for, for control, control and abuse and, yes. and, and you yes. know, that hasn't worked well. Yes. Mm. Yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think the question um, behind the why 
you know, why are we wrestling for this who's boss and who's not? Um, you know, it reminds me of that scripture of um, that Jesus didn't take the equality that he had with God as something to be grasped or held on to, but laid mm, that down yep. to serve and became a servant to all. And I guess in the marriage, um, the beautiful thing of marriage, you know, are we trying to grasp for equality mm. and dominate? You know, I want to be the dominant mm. one. Or am I looking at that and going, actually, that's not for me to grasp and take a hold of. Yeah. I meant to now lay that down and husband serve wife and wife serve yes. husband. Yes. And hopefully as mm. we embark on that yeah. adventure and journey um, and stumble along the way, that it will become... Mm. The original design and plan yeah. of of God's yep. purpose for man and woman. So mm. it's in yeah. love, in it's respect, in, love, totally. in under yep. God's grace. Yeah, mm. yep. um, you know, so there's grace for one another. That's you know, right. when one person's sick or has yeah. challenges, then we carry the load. Mm. It's you know, it's seasonal. Yeah. It's not like that's right. Um, Looks different. Roles or yeah. rule based. Yeah, but it's it's over. It's with grace and love. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yep. I think too that. Um, you know, we can talk about it in a kind of theoretical context and but all the stuff we're talking about you know love and submission and humility it's really hard to walk out mm. and sometimes we just want the easy road yes <laughs> and i think um, having hierarchy and control and power mm. is an easier way out sometimes mm. to save rather than the wrestling and the the compromise and the discussions mm. and the listening to each other and the showing mutual respect and love and the being humble when we think our opinions mm. more important than somebody else's and yep. and I so it's a it's to take that it really it's like the narrow road that we're yep. called to walk it's it's a harder road to walk that out Absolutely. it's a harder road to sit down and figure and out to what walk that looks through like. and, and yeah. to figure out what that looks like in our marriages and in our families and in our churches and everywhere than what it is it, it, yeah. to have a hierarchy of authority where things might get decided quicker yes mm. and foots might come down harder and <laughs> and faster but that that doesn't always represent the heart of god mm. that's right I think. absolutely jill shooting mm. through Same all right jill. bye all right so let, let's i know we've got a couple of questions i think it's worth actually just taking a moment and talking and elaborating a bit further let, let i know Edwina, you mentioned the garden narrative and and you know we said we probably haven't got time to go there but i don't mm. think we can skip it completely I, mm. I think it's worth looking at that garden narrative through the perspective of of that, that is often misunderstood and that is that there was this mutual mutuality mm. described in the first two chapters mm. of the book of genesis and then so all the other arguments for separation of gender and gender authority that come as a result of that they're all post fall yeah. and uh, you know in fact this whole concept of the the man over the woman and the woman vying for control mm -hmm. of the man and all that that's all part of the the result of the fall mm -hmm. and so we get into the mosaic law and and uh, I, I heard someone say recently that that we need to see all of that all of those laws in the old testament and all those principles and all the descriptions and prescriptions of the bible as as God's gradual purpose of taking humanity from, from the mess it was in and mm. pointing it back towards the ideal. Yeah. Of course, Christ came and he instituted the kingdom of mm. heaven on earth. He said the kingdom of heaven is here. And we live in this now and not yet mentality where really as, as Christians, we should be uh, bringing heaven to earth and they should be, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, we should be living a different way. And I think uh, I, I would urge any Christian listening to this to be recognizing that your responsibility in the home is mm -hmm. to bring back and represent the ideal at the beginning yeah. and that requires us to 
to not just fall into this narrative of thinking, well, God's all for God's all for this man over woman thing, because that's actually God trying to put some order back to the mess that humanity has made. Do you, mm. What do you ladies think about that concept and how can we live that out? Mm. Well, I think like all things, it's, it's exploring that. Like if, if that's hard for us, like if I'm coming from an angle, say I would talk about my upbringing and I grew up in a house where the man was the dominant and the woman was very subservient and very quiet and yes, yes. Um, so that's the example I had and then I take what I saw within church life and I saw a lot of that as well um, but then it's like facing that and going oh, okay so why and ask again like we're saying dive in and ask the why and do the research yourself and don't just settle because that's just the way it is or um, certain pastor preach that oh well it must be true mm. like we always tell people don't just believe what we say yes. you dive in look into the scriptures yeah. find the heart of God so I would say what we can do is continue to dive in and do some research and explore what the scripture says and not just fall back on oh but that's always just been that way yeah or that's what I've seen and that's what I've experienced like mm. challenge that and then you can start to walk that out and the freedom that comes is incredible yeah. you know um mm. But again, not to push that on anybody, no. just because that then becomes my new norm. Um, all of a sudden, I don't want to then go around. Otherwise, and we become a 21st century Pharisee. That's which right. We've talked about. That's yeah. right. Like you know, understand that maybe they're not there yet with yeah, that revelation great. and understanding, and that's okay. But can I live as an example? Yes. To show, hey, there there is another way that this can happen, and you can do this. So. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, I'd agree with that. I think that. Um, and again, like I keep going back to it, but I think that it's really important to do that research and mm. to, to do the understanding culturally of what it yeah. looked like. And because I think that some of these things that we can uphold as this is a biblical view were things that were not necessarily biblical, but were societal, societal views that yeah. have become things yeah. that we have thought this is what the Bible says because we put our lens over that and have read it through that context. And I, I think really challenging our thoughts and say, is this a biblical view or is this an accommodation to living out God's ideal mm. in a society that doesn't uphold that yeah. ideal. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of, again, this is a lot of what we see in, in particularly in the New Testament, was that tension, mm. was, that, was that wrestle. And if we don't understand that tension, if we don't understand that wrestle or start to look into that, we then just think, well, the Bible upholds yes. hierarchy in marriage or hierarchy yeah. in this. And But if we start to look at it outside of gender equality, then if you take mm. that same principle and apply it to other situations, then mm. you could say the Bible upholds slavery. That's the Bible right. upholds mm. racial differences yeah. and the Bible upholds polygamy. And all mm. of these all of those have all been of, done. Yeah, and all yeah. of those yeah. are said, well, therefore, because they're in the Bible doesn't mean that they are biblical in the sense that they're a representation yeah, of god's right. ideal no that's and right. just um i think we need to just have some thought around that and wrestle with that ourselves to say that it all comes back to those first two chapters of the book doesn't sure it does. yeah, yeah it sure yeah. does and and to always and seeing it in the entire narrative of scripture yeah. not just in small sections see and and i don't mean that then you have to read the bible from beginning to end in one sitting mm. but even doing things like reading whole books at once mm. of mm -hmm. the bible and Things like that, I think, are good ways to start to begin to challenge our perspective, yeah. putting things in context, yeah. looking at what other sources we can use and understanding we can get from that. Great thoughts. Yeah. 
So let's take a moment as we get ready to close. Let's talk to my category, the 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 least, no, the most privileged, I should say, the most privileged, the white middle-aged male, who in our society by hands down are the most privileged and, and probably a lot of time we don't even recognise this. So I want to tie these last couple of questions together as, as women in ministry. Share with us some of the... Uh, some of the implicit biases that you've had to face, if you'd like to give some examples, you can, of, of how, how this bias maybe has affected your ability to be ministers of the gospel. And then talk to the men who maybe don't even realize it's an issue because we all have, as you said, we all have this filter. We just only see things through our lens. Maybe in the process of this podcast series and this podcast episode we're starting to break down those filters a bit so maybe then you can go on and say well okay talk to the men what can men do to help women be able to rise in all areas of ministry we're not just talking about pulpit ministry we're talking about ministry and life and so on all right so have a crack at that maybe share your thoughts on it your experiences and then and then talk to the men and uh, that'll be a test for some of these fellows to actually listen to some men, listen to some women giving them some advice. But that's <laughs> we need that. And uh, so that's wait, one of the implicit biases. That's one of the implicit right biases, there. right? There. And I've, I've yeah. sat with men who just have no idea that what they just said was incredibly sexist. Mm. And I just shake my head and smile and, like you said, give them some grace. I don't just try and correct everything. Mm. But uh, anyway, who'd like to share some of the, their own experience there, ladies? Sure. Well, um, I think even like what you've just spoken, Rowan, that sometimes people do just say things and don't realise the impact that has, um, that guys say things in joke or with each other or even with a woman present and, you know, they laugh, oh, you know, she's just been too emotional or she's just, you know, with the kids or maybe it's that time of month or whatever and, and we'll stand there and sometimes just think, oh my gosh, is that, what you're really thinking mm. of not only myself as a woman but just women in general or there'll be comments like um oh, i can't wait till this particular speaker you know is is going to be preaching or sharing because he's just great and then um i'll either see their wife hop up or, or somebody else and and i think wow what incredible insight and wisdom there was but then i'll hear oh gosh you know i couldn't wait till she got off Oh, you know, like that grates on me. I hear that so <laughs> often, Ivana. Oh. And again, they, it wasn't necessarily directed at me um, that time. But it's directed but at your gender. It's, you know, and I'm like, hang on a minute. She did actually have some really great things yeah. right there in that moment. Did you not hear that? But they, for whatever reason, their bias shut their ears to that, you know, and, and they missed, I feel, pearls of wisdom mm -hmm. so um and that's happened over time oh my gosh it's not just men um having a bias against a woman and her voice and what she has sometimes women have that same bias against women mm. and a bit of that has just been again just how we've grown and and even um you know if we've got that belief that it's men who teach and who are studied and, you know, have authority, then I'll have a bias within me to go, oh, I want to hear from they have more the to male. Say. Yeah. yeah, they've got more to say. But um, so uh, I would say what men can do to help make our job easier is listen to yourselves when you're joking. Great mm. thought. What are you saying? Is Do you really believe that? Mm. You know, um, and guys, if another guy saying it to you 
why not challenge it? Not aggressively. Just, hey, you know, we don't speak about our women like that. Yeah, oh, great. no, we believe champion women yeah, when women aren't in the room and yep. champion women when they are in the room. Love it. You know, because that will help, you know, change the atmosphere. That will help change culture and hearts of people. Um, and that will just help, like, put value upon the girls through your words and through your deeds, you know. And um, let's live a bit of a different way, you know. Like we're saying, the world's way is, you know, pulling down. Who can we pull down? You know, but we're not of the world. That's like right. we're saying, we bring the kingdom of God. It's here. So we actually should be lifting each other up and championing each other on. So let's do that some more. Yeah. That would change. That. Great thoughts. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Helpful. Um, I think when thinking about this question, I actually find it really hard to put a finger on what it was. Like I, mm. I think my in my experience of what I've come up against, and um, I was reading. Uh, there's a verse in one Timothy chapter two where, you know, it goes that you know I do not permit women to speak, mm. and but it comes to this point where it says you know that. Um, you know, Eve was de- deceived first, and then Adam, and and I just had this light bulb moment of thinking that that I think is or the misunderstanding of that verse mm. and, and the interpretation mm. of that verse. And again, we probably don't have time to unpack it all. But I think if we said to most men, um, you, you know, I, I know I read out some quotes from mm. kind of some early church fathers about their views on women being, you know, not able to think for themselves or not having a valid opinion. And, and everyone went, oh, that's terrible. That's awful. No one would mm. ever think that anymore. But I think that there's this pervasive underlying tone in our society of the mistrust of feminine yeah. that yeah. Um, that probably comes from this place of thinking that um, you know that that somehow the the woman's thought process the, the woman's voice that there's a level of mistrust or naivety mm. to that yes. mm. and I think that that's probably the biggest thing that I've come up against in um, you know, in being somebody who, who speaks and teaches is that, um, you know, I've often had people say to me, you know, it'd be, it would be better received if it was a little bit more presented in a male format, you know, like if you spoke a little bit more like a man or you had to think of, you know, do it in a is way that, that men would listen. Is that men or women or both that would I, say that to I don't, you? I don't know. Oh, to, that would say it to me? That would say um, that to you? Probably both. Right. Probably more so... Uh, from a man's voice and yeah. I don't think that it um, I, I think it's actually being said with with good intention yeah. of saying oh you know men would listen to you if as yes. long as you're not uh, emotional or as not and I kind of think for generations women have had to learn how to listen Th- to that's men. exactly my point I, I hear that a lot and mm. I think yeah I, I think hang on guys if you stop and listen to yourself there you'd think hang on a sec women listen to you listen to men mm. every yeah. week in church why is it, it why is it yeah, incumbent is it? on the women to have to to change to speak like men in order to be heard doesn't that show that there's a problem with the way men are listening yeah and i and i i think that i'm kind of having this revelation i think it comes back to this underlying Mm. um mistrust of of the feminine voice Mm. and um you know literally being heard at the table you know in a metaphorical and in a literal Mm. sense of you know i've sat around even with other pastors and and Mm. some men some women and um, kind of the assumptions that come with that and being excluded from mm. the conversations, mm. not intentionally, but um, like I know traditionally, like if there's a group of guys sitting around and, and this is shown statistically that mm. there's more talk around strategy and future and vision and things like that, all things that 
I thrive on. Mm. Whereas there can be the assumption that the women will talk about their kids and they'd rather be shopping and that they'd, ra- which is all fine. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. Mm. But by not mixing that conversation yeah, up, yeah. Uh, men aren't getting an opportunity to engage in the family life and exactly. women aren't getting a, yeah. an opportunity mm. to engage in ministry life or yeah. in the corporate life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so I think just being conscious about the assumptions that we bring to the table around. Um, around men and female voices Mm. and what contribution they bring to things and creating space for both of those to be at the table but and Mm. then also around I think the other big thing that I've come up against is the assumption around gender roles and um, whether some people may describe them as biblical gender roles I don't personally I don't think there is such a thing no, I, d- I agree with um, you. I, I think, think it's more you know a posture or a, a yep. way that we can come before God but actual gender roles I'm mm. yeah I think I'm out on that one but I think that I've come up against that so say when I've gone um, for extended periods of time on mission say and Paul's at home with the kids like I have people who are like horrified that I would leave my, you know, leave your children with Paul. For, and I'm like, he's their dad. He's their like, dad, for goodness <laughs> sake. Like he's, you yeah. know, and we always and joke about, it. and he's great <laughs> at it. And we always joke about, you know, if we're talking about gender roles, he's way more like, he's better around the house than I am. I come home, all the washing's done, all the, but all those things are not, <laughs> yeah. like That's they're not biblical gender roles. And no, ge- it's and not. Um, no. And I no, think no. just changing mindsets in relation to the roles that we bring and, um, because I think that it excludes a lot on both sides. Mm. I can't, because there's a lot of men who don't necessarily fit what would be the, uh, I guess, what has been put in the past as a, as a male gender role mm. of, you know, the, yes, that's right. you know, the like the macho, fighting and Western eating Sydney meat macho. and shooting stuff, yes. kind of st- which is great. Some guys love that and but some girls love does. that too. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, it's kept... Um, a male voice who might not have those things mm. out of the conversation. Well, Jacob himself, it says he stayed among the tents. It was Esau mm. who was the hunter, and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know that, and that Jacob was okay. no less male. Yeah, and and I think on the other side with with females that um, the voice of you know there there is some strong leadership mm. voices that. Um, and there's some soft leadership voices and there's, That's right. um, and I, I just think not assigning roles and responsibilities based on gender, I think is, mm. um, is really important. Yeah. And I think that that comes up, like as we're talking about, well, what can men do? Um, I think ask some questions. There was a really good um, post written by Mike Frost <laughs> lately, recently that asked some really hard questions like, men, how would you feel like, how would you feel if you were assigned a female mentor? Mm. How would, would that sit? comfortably with yes. you um, do you seek out a female voice in leadership do you listen to female podcasts do you read books written by female leaders um, mm. is is the female leadership voice as prominent as the male leadership voice in your life mm. um, because for females I would say the male leadership voice is very prominent in our lives yes, yes. and we appreciate that and I love that and yes. I and I'm I've been built up and encouraged so much by the male leadership voice. Um, And I know it's harder to seek out a strong female leadership voice in my life. And, um, but I think that I've benefited from both. There just simply aren't as many out there. Is that the reason? Because of the, because of the uh, inequality that exists? I think there's some great ones out there. I think you've just got to search Search a little bit harder. (laughs) I agree. I Um, I agree 100%. I think that we've talked about this uh, and Daniel Doe and our Camden congregation was talking about anti-oppressive practice and, and I think this is an example of that. The fact that it might be harder to find them, it probably is because there isn't as many out there. They're great voices. Mm. Uh, but 
you know, for any man that's listening that's thinking, well, you know, there isn't much to choose from out there or I prefer men, I actually think you need to actually go out of the out of your way to mm. to discriminate against men in order to bring restore balance to the to the force so to speak yeah. and uh, and that requires in order to, to bring we've talked about this in other areas of our podcast in order to bring equality it actually requires you to treat uh treat the majority the privilege with inequality for a period of time to bring balance back mm-hmm. and so you know cut a, cut one podcast out and put two podcasts from women in or or, or find some books and try to restore some balance mm-hmm. that's very important that's right and, and i think it's we can go back to like we said that genesis narrative of that the man, when he first saw a woman, he was amazed and bre- like taken back by her beauty and he was in awe and wonder and valued her and treasured her. But then after the fall, it was like he didn't no longer looked at her with pure eyes. Yes. And so, you know, for guys, if they again would just challenge themselves to look upon a woman who is beautiful, but again, looking through pure That's eyes great that talk. places mm. value upon her. So, you know, listening to her voice, reading a book, whatever that is, whatever it is that will help you again, I guess, find your heart for women yeah. from that side, pre-fall, beautiful, pure, valued. So good. Yeah, that, that so would good. be awesome. Yeah. Well, there's so much more we could say. We'll probably need to wrap it up yeah. there, but I think this this topic will continue. We'll probably need to continue to unwrap this over the days ahead. No doubt we'll revisit it in Season 2 in 2020 as well. Uh, so a couple of thoughts that come to mind. It's a, a brilliant theological teaching for those that are wanting to dig into this theologically a bit more. N.T. Wright has a, a sermon about an hour long written that uh, he, he spoke at a... CBE conference, which is uh, what is it? Christians for Biblical Equality conference. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Biblical basis for women's service in the church, and uh, he is an Anglican minister who uh, has come largely originally from a complementarian view, and has, as he has grown in his theological understanding of the New Testament, has very, very strongly shifted to an egalitarian perspective, and is, is probably one of the most prominent theologians in the world today and speaks to this issue. So I would encourage you to start with that. Start with the podcast from these two women, Edwina and uh, Ivana, who spoke so well on this topic. Is there anything else you want to add that we haven't mentioned before we close? No, I don't think so. Well, thank you very much, ladies, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Uh, we do hope it encourages you. would love to hear your thoughts and comments on this page. Let's keep the conversation going. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends and your family. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time.